This is the Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. It's Thursday, January 31st, 2019 at 4.56, or no, 3.56, about to be 4 o'clock in Chicago. And there are freezing temperatures right now. Actually, 33 degrees below freezing. It's partly cloudy and negative 1 degrees right now in Chicago, where I'm broadcasting this from. And places all across the Midwest are experiencing these frigid temperatures, almost to the point where, actually to the point where it's becoming a national uh, story, because 224 million people are going to, and are currently enduring, below freezing temperatures. You can track the system at the website at j-dory.com j-story.com slash weather more specifically, but the good news is it's mostly over, although it's prompted tons of news coverage and even some late night coverage, we'll talk about that, uh, also talk about some new political news with the wall, due to the fact that uh, Trump is being very pessimistic at the moment, and has basically been his attitude, he is most likely going to declare a national emergency. So... The chances of him declaring a national emergency and them and the Democrats and the Republicans not coming to a fair deal just went way up. We'll discuss the series of tweets that he has put out and what his top staffers are saying as well. It's all coming up next on episode number 67 of the J. Doherty Podcast, brought to you by Blueberry. If you go to the website, j-doherty.com slash B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, and you use the code J-A-Y-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y at checkout, you will get a month free of uh, Blueberry's podcast promotion, hosting, and affiliation service. Month free! If you just use the code J-A-Y-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, J-Doherty, in all one word, at checkout. That's all you have to do to get that stuff all set up. If you're looking to launch a podcast, that's the way to go. You can also call the show at uh, 312-625-8492. Just because it's relevant at the moment, let's start with the the weather. So much is happening with the weather, and uh, it's negative... Oh, it just went down to negative 2 degrees. And I have this little display here that lets me see exactly what temperature it is outside of the window that's in my room where I broadcast this show from... And it is fluctuating. It was in the morning, it was at negative 5, then it was at negative 3, and then now it's, it was at negative 1, and then now, just as I'm talking, it just went down to negative 2. This prompted a lot of news and even late show coverage. Just look at the temperature map of the United States. Look at that. The super cold purple there in the middle, that's a 50 below wind chill, okay? It stops at Duluth, Minnesota, up by Canada, and then it goes, you know what, let's just jam our frost tongue down on Chicago, right down there. Let's just get all up on that Lake Michigan crevice down there. (laughs) Chicago is so ridiculously cold that in order to keep trains running, they had to deliberately set the train tracks on fire. And that's real. That's called Chicago Improv. (laughs) That idea came from Chicago Fire Commissioner Pyro Billy. But folks are still having fun. The police department in McLean, Illinois, posted this picture of Elsa from Frozen getting arrested. (laughs) Look, look, officers, I know you're just being playful, but blaming a beloved children character on a dangerous situation is just gonna scar the kids. 
After a tense showdown at Paddington Station, a small bear in a red hat was mowed down in a hail of gunfire. <laughs> I was there. I was there when, uh, when the, the number one, the coldest night of all time, mm. happened in Chicago. This is negative 25, I think, this morning in Chicago. Negative 27. January 20th, 1985, my first winter in Chicago, okay? I'm from South Carolina. I, I did not know... All right, so it goes on and everything, but just to show you, Stephen Colbert, of course, on The Late Show, talking about this. You know, when Stephen Colbert talks about it, it's a pretty, pretty big issue. <laughs> but, yeah, so that that's what's happened, and um, <clears throat> it's pretty cold. Oh, it just went down to uh, negative... Oh, no, it was at negative two last time, but, yeah. I will periodically update you. I actually was off of school on Wednesday... Off of school today, Thursday, when I'm broadcasting here. And, yeah, so pretty, pretty, uh, cold temperatures. Let's talk about the chances of Donald Trump, uh, declaring this national emergency. The, on the wall, it just went way up because there's been so much collaboration between Republicans in the Senate and just, even if this guy, John Kennedy from Louisiana, was talking about <clears throat> the likelihood of a wall being built and the methods of tackling that. Now, Trump actually is contradicting himself and also contradicting the collaboration with the Republicans because he's telling the Republicans and, he, of course, the Democrats, too, that they're wasting their time completely even negotiating or beginning to negotiate about this wall because it's just so irrelevant in, in his mind for the negotiations to continue because he says that he's going to tackle it you know, in another way, and do it way more successfully, and get his way regardless of the political climate. Nancy Pelosi says no. There's not going to be any wall money in the in the, in the legislation. Uh, the, um, however, if they have some suggestions about certain localities uh, where um, technology. Some infrastructure, as I said, about the ports of entry. We might need more ports of entry. We need some roads. That's that's part of the negotiation. If you so that's that's what uh, Nancy Pelosi says about the future of the wall, and I think she's actually going to be right. I mean, she beat Trump on the wall. She basically, uh, as many people have references, they referenced. That's she basically owned Donald Trump on the wall. Which is really, which is an interesting way to put it, because I think she did. She she made Trump cave on the wall. Although Republicans, specifically John Kennedy, no relation to the Kennedy family, <laughs> as you may be able to tell, no offense to Mr. Kennedy from Louisiana, uh, but he's a Republican. You can see his uh, Louisiana kind of uh, habits and culture shining through, as he did an interview with Brooke Baldwin, on CNN the other day. If you believe in border security, can you secure a 1,900-mile border without some kind of barrier? But, but hang and, on, hang and, on, hang and, on, and, hang and, on. And, sir, 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 I mean, but the question mm -hmm. was, I mean, from December 22 to just a couple days ago when he finally re reopened the government, mm -hmm. it was the same speech we basically heard from the beginning and nothing really right. changed. He, he caved. Was it worth it is my question, well, yes or well, no? Well, it's, yes, it's not over yet. Now, yes, it we, was worth it. it yes, it, it was worth it. That for yes, 35 days, all these hundreds of thousands of Americans were not paid. were rationing asthma medicine. It was worth it for what? Well, if you, let, let me finish, Brooke. We're not through it yet, number one. Um, I happen to think border security is important. Legal immigration, it makes our country stronger. But illegal immigration is illegal. Duh. 
and one <laughs> way to stop it is to secure the border. And you can't secure the border without a barrier or a wall or a wang doodle or whatever we're calling it. And, and if, if Speaker Pelosi, and she knows that, Speaker Pelosi is an enormously talented person. She knows that. Politically, she doesn't want to use the word wall. I get it. That's okay. She can pick her word. But I, I, I think in order to secure the border and to solve this controversy, we're going to have to have a barrier. Do I want to shut down? No. And, and okay. before, before your editors write the headline that say Kennedy says it was all worth it, I, I don't support, I don't support uh, shutdowns. I, I don't want to see another shutdown. Uh, but I also think it's time for us to have an honest discussion about our immigration system and sure. about how we're going to secure the border. Well, he obviously seems pretty pro-wall in that statement. And, you know, I th he's also very pro-Trump, just historically, uh, you know, being a Republican. And, and you know, most of, the, most of his constituents uh, statistically voted for Trump. So he has to, you know, act like that and, and say those things. And, you know, I think the response from Trump, which came this morning at 7.16 a.m. on Twitter, he literally, just in a tweet, said, let's, call, let's just call them walls from now on and stop playing political games. A wall is a wall. All in caps. The walls were all in caps. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he's, he is just so obsessed, or he is obsessed with pleasing his voters so he can get reelected in 2020. That is really the only reason he's doing this wall. You'll remember if you listen to like the past four episodes, Jimmy Kimmel said, and I know, you know, it's more for comedy's sake, but he said that Trump does not care about the wall at all. He just wants to please his voters. So he said that we could convince Trump that the wall is being built, convince all of his voters that the wall is being built, and the problem would be solved. Obviously, you know, pragmatic reality seems to interfere with that a lot, but, you know, uh, that is <laughs> that that is certainly uh, something that I think without any preconceived circumstances or anything, I think it could work. Today, Trump uh, at the big chair of his Oval Office, in his Oval Office, which with a bunch of representatives and other figures standing directly behind him, he said that if the border wall between San Diego and Tijuana was demolished, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi would be begging for a wall. A video clip from Reuters told him, or filmed him and just displayed him speaking directly to the press about the future of a wall. I play this only because it is relevant, because it came out today, Thursday, January 31st. If you go to Tijuana and you take down that wall, you will have so many people coming into our country that Nancy Pelosi will be begging for a wall. She'll be begging for a wall. She will say, Mr. President, please, please give us a wall. Uh, it'd be very interesting. Uh, some people have suggested, let me take the wall along California. Let's move it to Arizona. Let's move it to Texas. And you know, it's gonna, it'd be a very interesting uh, statement. Uh, about Nancy, so in California, they wanted the wall built in San Diego so badly. And we built it. And probably I should have waited. Because as soon as it was finished, they started screaming, we don't want a wall, we don't want a wall. But they wanted the wall so badly. And by the way, it worked. Nobody's getting through. But the minute it was built, they started saying, we don't want a wall. Without a wall, it doesn't work. It's very simple. I mean, I'm not saying this as a Republican. I'm not saying it as 
uh, as anything other than a fact statement. Without a wall, it just doesn't work. Okay, so, you know, You're while that might be... that. Sorry about that little uh, audio clip there. While that might be relatively... Uh, I don't know what the word would be. Okay, uh, no, okay, well, well, all of what he said about Nancy Pelosi's past might be true, and the Democrats' past in building the wall, you have to remember that, you know, we're talking about right now, and I know that's the famous left argument, you know, we're not talking about the past, we're talking about the future. But the thing is, and this just demonstrates, if Trump were to make this argument, uh, that, that we're, you know, we are... Or if someone were to approach him saying, you know, uh, or, you know, Jim Acosta or someone like that were to say, like, rebuttal him and say, well, you know, the when you're saying that Nancy Pelosi did this, we're talking about the future, Trump would probably say, well, we are, t- well, you know, it's important, and that's the classic left argument, but the thing is, is that he won off of off of telling his voters that I am not who I was in the past. Many of the things I did in the past were bad, and many of the things that I participated in were bad. He won on speaking simply to voters. And that even goes back to the point of hypocrisy. As I talked about yesterday, The Trump, when he's talking about this wall, he, he is, okay, so he, called, he wants to call it a wall. In fact, as I said, he tweeted out, saying that we need a wall, and we're going to call it a wall. We're not going to call it steel barriers placed in specific high-priority locations, which is what it is at the end of the day, although he wants to refer to it a wall. So I will uh, please you, Mr. President, and call it a wall. So the, the, (laughs) the concept of this wall is pretty interesting, at least how he perceives it as, because we already have 116 miles of what he wants in the highest of high-priority locations. He wants to add 230 miles. In the eyes of his voters, his voters think that we just have no borders. There's no distinct, like, there's no distinction between the United States uh, of America and uh, Mexico. Because a lot of the voters, a lot of the people who are pro, you know, harsh border security and anti- uh, you know, anti-immigration, in general, pretty much do not know all of the facts about the day-to-day life at the border. So, <laughs> that's, that's the, th- I mean, you really have to know your facts before you can make, even you know, obviously run for office, but even make political decisions about who you support in office. And that's on the left and the right. So, yeah. That's my little take on that. Although, uh, yeah, I want to keep talking about this wall because it's obviously very relevant. What I think is really interesting is to look back on tapes and actually, you know, what I think is really interesting and what uh, why I'm talking about this is because Trump is getting closer and closer to likely declaring a national emergency, which is his basically his last resort, a resort that he said that he does not want to take you know, at all. He's very anti-national emergency, at least that's what he said, but he did say that he will use it uh, because it is afforded to him under the Constitution. Now, of course, no one wants a shutdown. No one wants a shutdown. The shutdown does not benefit anyone, as that uh, Louisiana governor, or Louisiana senator uh, alluded to. Although, at least in the past, when this when this three-week plan was instated to have the government uh, be reopened until the 15th, 
Of course, the questions came up for the Trump administration, particularly on CBS Face the Nation, when the anchor asked Mick Mulvaney's Trump, Mick Mulvaney, Trump's uh, uh, currently acting chief of, chief of staff of the White House, the reporter asked him uh, this. Is the president really prepared to shut down the government again in three weeks? Great question. Uh, yeah, I think he actually is. Uh, keep in mind, he's willing to do whatever it takes to secure the border. He so, I mean, I'm just going to pause that right there. That's what he says. And I don't know if he really understood the the uh, weight that that, co- that that question had below it or under it that came with it because his response was, you know, yeah, I think he actually is. And, of course, the headlines everywhere were, Mulvaney says, uh, you know, Trump is actually is ready to shut down the government again. He actually is ready to do this. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And that was the really <laughs> that that was the big that was the big thing. Mick Mulvaney, the acting White House chief of staff, said, "I think he actually is re- ready to shut down the wall or shut down the government and build the wall." He also tweeted at 7:21 a.m. today that Republicans on the Homeland Security Committee are wasting their time. Democrats, despite all the evidence, proof, and caravans coming, are not going to give money to build the desperately needed wall. I've got you covered. Wall is already being built. I don't expect much help. So I don't know what the heck that means. But also, what's really important is to fact check all of this. He goes back and continues. He went on a tweeting rant, as he frequently does. Before that even, at 6.32 a.m. today, Trump said, with murders up 33% in Mexico, a record, why wouldn't the sane person want to build a wall? Construction has started and will not stop until it's finished. He tweeted that at Lou Dobbs and at Fox and Friends. Just more recently, though, he goes on to talk about murders at 11.43 a.m. today, saying, Very sadly, murder cases in Mexico 2018 rose 33% from 2017 to 33,341. This is a big contributor to the humanitarian crisis uh, taking place on our southern border and then spreading throughout our country. Worse even than Afghanistan, much caused by drugs, all in caps, wall is being built. So, you see, if you just took what Trump said on, you know, in his Twitter timeline and used that for the basis of you voting for him, you would vote for him and you would like him a lot. Although a lot of the times, even not on Twitter, uh, as Chris Cuomo famously says, he was raised around politics and he has a pretty low bar for truth. He says this administration has never lied more than anything he's ever said. Although, to go even further in the day, or even earlier in the day, when Trump started off his day, it was presumably when he woke up or when he got to the office, he says, let's just call them walls from now on and stop playing political games. A wall is a wall. I know I said that before, but for the purposes of my timeline, I wanted to say that. A little bit later at 8.52 a.m. today, he says more troops uh, are being sent to the southern border to stop the attempt and evasion of illegals through large caravans into our country. We have stopped the previous caravans, and we will stop these also. With a wall, it would be so much easier and less expensive being built. And he put a couple of O's on the so, like a lot. So, before noon today, he tweeted one, two, three, four, five tweets before noon, which is, uh, that are of significance, probably 10 that are, in total, who that are not all of significance. If you want to watch that whole uh, Face the Nation interview with Mick Mulvaney, 
We'll have it linked at the website, j-story.com, under the show notes. So that seems to be what the the um, the current state of the development of the wall. And hey, look, it just went up to zero degrees on my thermometer, partly cloudy at 417 right now. But just to continue for the sake of coverage on the Democratic side, Nancy Pelosi says if the president, and this is in a speech, if the president wants to call that a wall, he can call it a wall. He's referencing what we already have, almost 700 miles of wall. So it's, again, a place where we enhanced fencing. Normandy fencing would work. Let him have that discussion. The thing is, Trump and his voters, for the most part, don't understand the facts. And for those who do, they still want a wall. And I don't mean to sound, I don't mean to bash Republicans as a whole, because I know there are a lot of Republicans, including many of the uh, distinguished senators, who really know all the facts about the wall. They still want the wall. But for the people who actually make the decisions in electing this president, they, for the most part, I would say 94.7%, do not know <laughs> the, the actual, the, you know, the, the um, state of the wall. So, Trump has two options. He either shuts down the government again, or he declares a national emergency at the border. Now, of course, with this whole political hit, and even financial hit, with the United States losing more than $11 billion after this last infamous shutdown that went on for a record long time of 35 days, it would be stupid to shut down the government again. It would be less stupid, but also probably equally stupid, to declare a national emergency. When you declare a national emergency, and I talked about this in an article that I wrote in the Doherty Files, you can also find out episode number 65 of the Jay Doherty Podcast, where I take a look at the rules of presidential pardoning. But I think it would be hard to see him declare a national emergency, although it is the most probable option that he'll have to take. That would allow Trump to take this national emergency thing. It would allow Trump to formally declare with the Constitution behind him, backing him. It would allow him to take money from previously allocated uh, funds to other departments and use it to fund his border wall. It's like taking, it's like splitting the budget and making, you know, it, it really goes along with his philosophy of my way or the highway. I will do anything at any time to get my job done. So if these go, if these logical, in my opinion, I think as even you know a lot of Republican senators, including Mr. Kennedy, who I played earlier, that he alluded to the fact that Nancy Pelosi is very smart, and I think that's very true. I think she knows what she's doing, and I think she knows how to manipulate Trump. So either they somehow, either the Democrats move more to the right, or the Republicans move more to the left and they come up with a solution on this border wall, or Trump just takes money out of some, what he deems to be a relevant agency, and uses that to fund his wall. I think both of those are totally irrelevant, and if I were the president, none of this would even be a discussion. <laughs> Although, that is, that is my little uh, take on that. And... I think he's actually probably, at this point, more likely to declare a national emergency or somehow come up with another plan, just like he did before, to reopen the government for another three weeks or keep the government open while these negotiations continue. The whole goal of... And this is where he really gets so hypocritical. 
The whole goal of him reopening the government for three weeks was to resume negotiations. Less than a week later, though... Actually, it's probably a little bit more than a week. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's one day over than a... Yeah, it's one day more than a week. Trump um, tells the Republicans to stop negotiating, to stop worrying about this, because it's not... I, <laughs> It's not relevant. You don't need to negotiate. I'm, I, the wall's being built right now, so don't worry about it. He clearly watches Fox News and CNN simultaneously. He probably has about four monitors playing CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and uh, C-SPAN. And, yeah, that seems to be what he <laughs> what he likes to do. Let's see what uh, any uh, weather updates here. I don't think there are. Uh, but they are saying the National Weather well, Service... Imagine battling a fire, freezing temperatures. That was a news report from HLN. Uh, sorry about that. But anyway, uh, it says that the National Weather Service is... Uh, it says that the life-threatening cold has gripped the upper Midwest and Great Lakes in addition to the Ohio Valley, mid-Atlantic Northeast, near an end. By Friday, temperatures in the upper Midwest will finally rebound to well above zero. And uh, Saturday will be uh, in the temps of 30s and 40s. That's how it is in Chicago... It's actually going to be about 45 degrees, a 45-degree peak from what the current zero temperatures are right now. At 12 a.m., and I'm, I know I'm circling back to this as we uh, con- oh, are close to concluding the show, it was negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit at O'Hare. It broke the daily record low max of, ne- of plus 3, and that was in 1966. The third lowest max on record was tied with... Uh, um, January 25th, 1897, and the record is negative of 11 on uh, uh, December 24th, 1983, which is what Stephen Colbert referenced, and that was in 1994. Rockford, Illinois is also another one that is uh, being <laughs> looked at, but basically uh, Chicago, Minnesota, Rockford, and so many other places are really the, the concerns. And people are really getting frozen. Actually, I believe 11 people in Chicago alone have been killed due to this weather. And there was a sportscaster who works for a radio station that I used to do an internship with and will do an internship with next summer, hopefully, <laughs> uh, who tweeted out saying, you know, all these comics and all these people and all the, you know, they're all joking about the weather, saying like, oh, poor you, you guys are so strong. And all but... People are dying. People are getting hurt. It's really dangerous this weather, and you cannot control it. You can't. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a tangible thing. So, you have to uh, kind of keep your eye on that. Markets are open today. We'll conclude with this. Amazon earnings are by the numbers at the moment, and uh, let's see if we can get this here. Yeah. So, uh, Amazon said Thursday that its quarter sales hit seventy-two point four billion dollars, and the annual revenue is uh, just over two hundred and thirty billion dollars. So that's pretty impressive. Let's take a look at the markets themselves to close up the show. Something I haven't done in quite some time. Let's check the markets. The Dow, after yesterday, or a couple days before, where it was going up about 345 points, it's down 15 today, 0.06%, at 24,999.67. It's almost at 25,000 points, people. 
Nasdaq up uh, 1.37%, 7,281.74 points, up 98.66. The S&P 500 up 0.86, 2,704 point, 10, up 23.05. All the top electronic companies are up except for Microsoft today. They're down 1.84% at 104.42. Apple's at 166.49, up 0.75%. World markets in terms of Japan, Hong Kong, and London looking great, although the Germany DAX market is down at negative 8.55 points, down 0.8% at 11,173.10. And... Looking at some key stats here, the 10-year yield is at 2.64%, down 0.06. Oil is at $54.02, up uh, 0.43 a barrel. And gold is at uh, 1,319.8, up 0.01 points as well. Let's take a look at some commodities. For the most part, looking good. Oil, gas, and gold are up, while silver and corn are down. Oil is at 54.02, of course, up 0.43. Gas is at 2.82, up 0.39. Gold is at 1.319.8, up 0.01%. Silver is at 16.06, which is actually up from the 14.92 the last time I did it. Uh, uh, that's down 0.04%. Corn is at 376 dollars, down 0.13%. And in 2019, the stocks are all pretty balanced in terms of the markets themselves. The Dow has been up since 2019, started at 7.17%, and the Nasdaq has been up 9.74%, the S&P 500 up 7.87%. We are about to reach 29 minutes and 20 seconds on the recording, so I'm going to uh, see if I can start my intro, or my outro music here. Um, it should be playing... Oh! That was way too loud, I apologize for everyone, I'm not going to re-edit that because I'm live right now and I have... How many people are in here? Let me scroll... 32 people watching right now, or listening live. Video, oh yeah, very important announcement. First of all, if you want to learn more about this, go to the website, j-dory.com, and sign up for the newsletter. Video is going to be a big part of the future of my studio. Keep that in mind, especially in the next coming months. Learn more about that at the website, j-dory.com. Thank you so much for being here. I got three seconds, so thank you so much. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Uh, see you, yeah, tomorrow. Bye.